0: Welcome back, good people, to the Future Cash Show on the Roto Underworld Radio Network. You know who it is. It's your host of this here thing that we do, Ray Garvin. You could find me on Twitter at RayGQ. You can also find my podcast, Destination Devi, everywhere that podcasts are found as well as on YouTube. Make sure you go over there, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, but let me let me break some news to you good people today. Let me let me start your Monday off with riveting, groundbreaking, life-changing, football altering news. This game. This game of football, it's not fucking rocket science people. It is not rocket science. You don't need some trained scouts eye there are people who have who who set up these paid services scouting academy scouting 101 learn how to watch football like a true scout you don't need any of that baloney bullshit in order to watch a player and come to the conclusion that said player can ball you can go to whatever rinky dink town you live in right now head to the local high school watch a high school football game and be able to determine that player is a collegiate level player. He looks like he's got something and can ball at the next level or he's just the stud of this high school that has absolutely no shot at making it at any level of football. It is not rocket science. It is is not hard to figure this out. And Matt Kelly is right. He's right. I I have to admit it. As a self-proclaimed film grinder, Matt is absolutely correct. You can tell a ton about a player without having watched one single snap of football. You can tell if that player is a crucial and integral part of that offense or defense by the numbers. Target share, juke rate, efficiency metrics, completion percentage, what DB is covering what wide receiver and where they're doing it at. Yards after the catch, yards per route run, and the list goes on and on and on. Yes, this is factual. This is true. But at these early stages of our dynasty building process, that's why you're listening to the show. You're listening because you're, you're trying to figure out the best way to build your dynasty team. And at this point in this dynasty building process, we don't have all of that information for some of these collegiate prospects. We don't. The profile right now as it stands today on November the 10th, is incomplete or the 11th or whatever the hell date it is that you're listening to the show. It's incomplete. And I get it. You'd rather spend your Saturday, probably a lot better than me, right, at a bar, on the grill in the backyard with some friends, at the movies, having a drink. You'd rather be doing that instead of watching Stanford versus Oregon or Coastal Carolina play Georgia State. I understand. I get it. You're just like the hell with it. Just tell me who to draft. Tell me who's good, what these classes look like. And I can go from there. I can take it from there. I understand. And luckily for you, you don't have to do that. You've tuned in to the right place. You're listening to the show because you know the value and the information that you receive from every damn show that drops on this network is critical, is actionable, and goddamn it, it's entertaining. But let me tell you something, man. Twitter TMZ of fantasy analyst space is the absolute worst. There are some absolutely horrible analysts, and I'm using that in air quotes, giving out free advice to most assuredly help you lose in Dynasty. I mean, there is some bad stuff floating around on TMZ Twitter. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason right now, all people want to talk about the, the feedback that I've gotten from the show has been outstanding. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in much appreciated. But every single week I get inundated with Reggie, can you please, please talk about Zach Wilson? Can we talk about Zach Wilson? Can you, I, I really hope the next future cast show you you talk more in depth about Zach Wilson. And for those of you who are like, who the hell is Zach Wilson? He's the the hot wave quarterback from Brigham Young University. He's a junior six foot three, two hundred-pound quarterback from Brigham Young University. And you know what? The, the quarterback position is the single hardest position, probably outside of damn tight end, to hit on, not just in fantasy football, but in in, in the NFL. In real football, the quarterback position is 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 so difficult to project, it's so difficult to hit on. It's so difficult to find the guy that I, I'm no longer going to talk about. Uh, this is my commitment to you. I will not be talking about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields on this show ever again. I, I'm not doing it until they get drafted. I will not bring them up because those and this is not to diminish how they're, they're they are elite prospects, period elite dynasty headsets right now. They're elite college prospects. There's nothing more that I can bring to the table to actually help build upon the information that I give you. Trevor Lawrence, stud, Justin Fields, stud. Neither of them are quarterback two. They're both QB1. Put them in alphabetical order. Which one do you like? Because one is taller. Do you like one that has thicker legs than than the other? I, I don't give a shit, but we're not going to waste time talking about those two elite prospects. We have not seen quarterback prospects like them in the 2020 class, in the 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. The list goes on and on. They're ridiculous. But you know what? You want it. You want it. You're begging me for it. You want it. You want GQ to give it to you. So damn it. Fine. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. Let's talk about the most difficult position in fantasy football to predict. And Zach Wilson is what you want. So when you're looking at the NFL right now, there will be spots open next year. There 100% will be teams looking to upgrade the quarterback position. We know the Jets and Sam Darnold, Jacksonville with the Minshew, Luton, Lawton, whatever his name is, combination. The football team, they just lost Kyle Allen today, what looked like a gruesome leg injury. So insert Haskins, insert Alex Smith. They will be looking to upgrade the quarterback position. Do the New York football Giants move on from Daniel Jones? What about the Vikings with Kirk Cousins? Do they look for an heir apparent to him pretty soon? The Patriots, Cam Newton, is he going to be the long-term answer? Probably not. In the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, I know they paid him a lot of money, but do they look for a replacement in this upcoming draft amongst other teams with aging veterans, the New Orleans Saints, the Indianapolis Colts? All of those teams could be in a market for a quarterback but Zach Wilson is is the new hotness. I'm hearing ridiculous stuff like Zach Wilson is the, the second rated quarterback in this 2021 class. No, that is incorrect. That is wrong. And please do not listen to some advice like that. Now, I don't want to diminish what Zach Wilson is doing, because he is balling out of his mind right now. In 2018 at Brigham Young University, he was He just looked like a regular freshman, right? Played nine games, 1,500 yards, 12 TDs, three interceptions. And then he started to break out a little bit as a sophomore before breaking his thumb or he did something with his thumb and caused him to miss, you know, about a quarter of the games that year, only played nine games his sophomore season, completion percentage at 62%, 2,300 passing yards, 11 touchdowns to nine interceptions. But this 2020 season, Zach Wilson has elevated his game to a whole new level. Whole new level. He's completing seventy five percent, seventy five percent of his passes, and I'm just gonna say, I don't give a shit what conference you're in. He's in an independent conference. He's playing against teams like Western Kentucky and Kentucky, and Texas State and Texas San Antonio and La Tech, every damn Tech in Texas there is outside of the big names, Navy, Troy, and he's completing seventy five percent of his passes, which is insane. 21 touchdowns to two interceptions, averaging 11.4 yards per pass attempt, 2,500 passing yards in eight games. So he is on a tear. And it's not just that. When you dive deeper into his analytical numbers from the quarterback position, he's second in the NCAA, second in the country in deep pass attempt completed yards with 972. He's fourth in deep pass attempts. These are passes that go beyond 20 yards with eight touchdowns to one interception, And 16.8% of his pass attempts go 20 yards or more downfield. So he's not just doing it in the intermediate game. He's one of the top deep passing quarterbacks in college football. Now, the level of competition, yes. Brigham Young is not playing in a powerhouse conference. They're not going out there uh, competing against elite level prospects, elite level teams week in and week out. But the same argument could have been made for Trey Lance. And a lot of people had Trey Lance sitting at quarterback three in the 2021 class and he played at damn NDSU. So, you know, William and Mary versus Central Arkansas or Brigham Young and, and Zach Wilson versus Troy and Houston and Boise State. Neither of these teams are playing against Elite competition, but what he's doing, his efficiency metrics are off the charts. When you watch Zach Wilson play, you can tell he has enough arm strength to make elite level NFL throws. He's got mobility. I wouldn't call him a dual threat quarterback, but he definitely has enough pocket mobility to extend plays. But here's the thing none of these guys, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask, none of these guys are walking into an NFL franchise and starting from day one. None of them. The only two that, that I believe have that, that possibility going into the season are the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Those are the only two guys who I believe can really come in from day one and start right away. We will have an opportunity, to, I believe, to see five or six quarterbacks taken in round one. And if that happens, then we adjust for our rookie drafts. But damn it, we ain't got to talk about them right now. When we're talking about dynasty building, I get it. We're all looking for this next Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and I'm just going to tell you, they don't come around often. They don't come around often. And instead of talking about these quarterbacks so much, instead of talking about these guys consistently all the goddamn time, we should be talking about who's the next James Robinson, who's the next Clyde edwards Where's that? Where are those next level running backs coming from, GQ? Where are they coming from? Where where should I be looking? What players should I focus in on to get a handle of, of what we have potentially after the top two guys and Najee Harrison, Travis Etienne? And every week that goes by, the gap between those two and every other running back in college football just widens. Chuba Hubbard, I'm sorry. I, I saw he was limping around on Saturday, but I would not advise spending at this moment in time I'm not spending the damn first round pick on Chuba Hubbard and rookie drafts. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not going to do it. I'd much rather focus my attention to two players who really stood out. And one of those guys just got back on the field because the Pac-12 recently returned to action this past Saturday, and that's Oregon's running back CJ Verdell. CJ Verdell is a five 5'10", 210-pound former four-star recruit coming out of high school, unverified 40-yard dash time of 4.5 seconds. He is a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher in the Pac-12. As a redshirt freshman in 2018, he was the only Power 5 player. So Power 5 conference, your Big 10, Big 12, ACC, SEC, and uh, there's some other conference in Pac-12, the the top five, your Power 5 conferences. He was the only player in the nation with 1,000 rushing yards and 300 receiving yards, and he only started five games. He played in 13, but only started five games. So as a redshirt freshman, 202 attempts, over 1,000 yards, 1,018 yards, averaging five yards a tote, 10 touchdowns, 27 receptions, 315 yards, and two TDs as a redshirt freshman. Follows that up with a 1,200-yard rushing season, eight TDs, 14 receptions, and another 125 yards. This past Saturday, Verdell comes back as the guy. As the guy versus Stanford in prime time, 20 attempts, 105 yards, one TD, two receptions, 30 yards, and an absolute monstrous 10-yard touchdown run where he bowls over some linebacker and sends him flying through the back of the end zone. Verdell again at 5'10, probably gonna measure in about 5'9, 210 pounds, the explosiveness, the speed. If you turn on it, if you go look up CJ Verdell and you look at any of his highlights on YouTube, He reminds me of a DeAndre Swift light type player. He isn't as dynamic as DeAndre Swift, but that's why I say, where's that number seven, that compact frame, uh, that, that bulk, that BMI that we like at 210 pounds? Verdell is probably going to end up being a top five running back in the 2021 class. He's that talented. You're talking about a player who's shown an ability to command a three down roll, run the ball out of the backfield, And command targets in this air raid kind of Oregon offense. He's been productive from his freshman season, his sophomore year. And granted, the Pac-12 is only going to play, I believe it's seven or eight games this year. So will he eclipse a thousand yards? Highly doubt it. But when we look at the market share, the opportunity that the running backs get out of that backfield, Uh, I'm certain, I am certain that he is going to command the majority of the work from that backfield. So CJ Verdell is a name that we need to know, we need to keep on our radars because he's a super talented player in a very weak running back class that could elevate himself to being a back-end first-round pick, a high second-round pick in our rookie drafts next spring. And the player who shot up my board more than any any player, any running back, any quarterback is the University of North Carolina's Javante Williams. Javante Williams, this is what I want you to do. This is this is this is a homework task I have of you. It will take you all of 13 seconds to do it. Type in Javante Williams, J-A-V-O-N-T-E Williams, and look at his neck. His neck is wider than his face. That's that's all I need to see. Once I saw his neck, I said, Yes, he's good. You got a thick neck like that and a big block head like Ezekiel Elliott. You're, pretty, you're probably pretty good. And playing in a backfield with another running back, Michael Carter, who's commanding significant touches in that UNC backfield, he is still standing out head and shoulders above the rest. Javante Williams is 5'11", 220 pounds. On the season, 107 attempts for 767 yards, averaging 7.2 a tote, Four. 15 touchdowns, 15 receptions, 234 yards, and three TDs, and his running back counterpart, Michael Carter, has got seven less attempts, 100 rushing attempts, 733 yards, four TDs, and 17 receptions for 174 yards. Now, the difference between the two, Carter, 5'8", 195 pounds, Devontae Williams, again, 5'11", 220 pounds. He's also one of the most elusive running backs in college football, avoiding 54 tackles on his 107 attempts. And if you're talking about the receptions, the 15 receptions, he's avoided six tackles on those 15 receptions. That's more than the stud running back that I talked about last week, Brees Hall, in the 2022 class. That's more than the running back one in the 2021 class, Najee Harris, Isaiah Spiller from Texas A. And them, it's more than him, the number two running back in the 2022 class, and then some talented freshmen, and Tank bigs and Jameer Gibbs. Javante Williams is a goddamn tank that not only has the elusiveness to avoid tackles, but he's got the speed to pull away from defenders, he's got the power, he's got the size. Go look up some plays from Javante Williams. This kid is the truth, and I'm here to tell you. When I watch him play, the first name that pops to mind is he is James Robinson. If James Robinson ran a four-four-nine forty-yard dash. That's who Javante Williams is. He's more explosive than James Robinson. He's got that size. He's more elusive. He's got wiggle. This dude can absolutely ball. And a lot of people want to continue to put Journey Brown, the running back from Penn State in that top five category. I can't do it without knowing for sure what's going on with Journey Brown, with his medicals. You know, all they're saying is he can't play this year or he's not going to play or he's potentially not going to play the entire season due to a medical condition. And because of that, I'm very, very tempted to just remove him or bump him significantly down in my rankings, my personal rankings on patreon.com forward slash all gas until there is some more clarity that comes to light, that comes to fruition about what exactly this player journey Brown is dealing with. So when you're looking at this class, although it does not have the elite upper echelon talent that the 2021 class had. There are no J.K. Dobbins. There are no Jonathan Taylors. There are no Clyde Edwards. Well, there are probably some better players than Clyde Edwards. he if we want to be honest. For If we're keeping it real, folks, and that's what I do, I'm going to keep it real with you. CEH was probably the RB5 for most individuals until his landing spot fell with the Chiefs. All right. So when we're just talking about truly talented prospects coming out in 2020, it was J.T., it was DeAndre Swift, it was J.K. Dobbins, it was Cam Akers, and then it was a Clyde edwards E Lair. So when we're looking at these players that fall in line after the top two guys, there's there's actually a very strong possibility that a player like Javante Williams with a strong combine, a player like C.J. Verdell, who will test very well, they end up jumping a Kenneth Gainwell. They end up jumping a Chuba Hubbard for that RB3 spot. So I was late to the party. I was late to the James Robinson party. I had been talking about selling James Robinson. Nate Liss and Ryan Lopes and I talked about this on the Breakout Finder podcast. You sell the undrafted free agent who's on a team, who's going to see coaching change. There's going to be turnover. You don't bet on the outlier. You don't bet on those players. Now, again, I was late to the party. I'm watching James Robinson today thinking, shit, if I had to redo the 2020 NFL draft, rookie draft... He'd probably be RB3. It'd be a JT. It'd be JK Dobbins. It'd be Dobbins. It'd be JT. And then it'd be James Robinson. I was late to the party, but damn it. I'm here. I'm in line early. I'm getting in free where I'm from H town, Texas. You get to the club before 10 o'clock, you get in free. Now, you don't, you're going to be there for a long ass time. Cause the club don't shut down till two And most people, the cool folks, you don't pull up till 12, 12.30. That's when you roll into the club. That's when you get to the party. But I ain't waiting till 12.30 in 2021. Your boy GQ is in line at 9.45. And I will be buying some Javante Williams and CJ Verdell in 2021.